Kentucky. Four, please. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the six o'clock pairing. On the tee, from River West, please welcome Gabe Neitzel. Also on the tee, from the third ward, this is Stephen Watson. It's Monday evening, and you're on the tee. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Now to take you around the course. Broadcasting live from the AmFam Championship at University Ridge. Alongside Stephen Watson, here's Gabe Neitzel. It's not the 6 o'clock pairing, it's the 10 a.m. pairing. Special edition of On the Tee, ESPN Wisconsin, 94.5 ESPN in Milwaukee, 100.5 ESPN in Madison. I'm Gabe Neitzel along with Stephen Watson at the AmFam Championship at University Ridge Golf Course. It's going to be a fun couple of hours, and we got here relatively early. I like this early on the tee. <laughs> I like getting up early for my tee times. And and we, we had an opportunity to get out, watch a little bit of the golf. Uh, Steve Stricker about to tee off uh, just a little under a half hour from now as he shot a two-under round yesterday. Jerry Kelly still in contention. And we talked a little bit about this on Monday, Stephen. Um but I'm just so excited for live golf to be back. It appears that Madison as a community is very excited for this as well. They signed a seven-year extension, announced that at the beginning of the tournament, that this tournament is going to be here for seven more seasons uh, at University Ridge Golf Course. And it's just fun to watch these guys do what they do best. One of my favorite things about professional golf tournaments is not actually the tournament itself, but the opportunity to watch guys during practice rounds. I love how loose they are. And I'm just talking about having covered the U.S. Open at Aaron Hills and the PGA Championship at Whistling Straits in 2015 and what will be the Ryder Cup in September is the access you get to the guys on those practice rounds, being up close and personal, watching how they practice, watching kind of their mindset, their approach. That's what's so great about the Champions Tour is the guys are a little looser. The access is so much better. I just stood five feet behind Ernie Els teeing off on the first hole here. Some guy, A guy that I grew up watching and loving his game and I could just watch him from the back of a tee box. There weren't 30 rows deep of fans watching the first tee. I think that that's something that's really unique about this tour. You know, Vijay Singh is out here. Just watched him tee off. Kirk Triplett, you know, Bernard Langer just walked past me. And everybody's just so casual on the Champions Tour. And this golf course is one of my favorite in the state. I went to the University of Wisconsin. I took advantage of the student rates here as much as possible. I milked those bad boys. $35 rates during my senior uh, summer and uh, it's just it's such a beautiful course it's a beautiful place it's an amazing tournament and Gabe as you mentioned we're going to have it here through at least 2027. Yeah so Jerry Kelly uh, is five under par he will be teeing off uh, just shortly after 11 o'clock and you can watch if you're not going to be able to make it out to University Ridge today to watch the action live you can catch it on Golf Channel starting at two o'clock they'll have kind of the back nine coverage over on golf channel but jerry kelly defending champ will be in the final group today along with miguel angel jimenez the leader at seven under par it's one of my favorite things to do at a live golf course and and you just mentioned this and we did this just watching these guys warm up on the range yeah just stripe show after stripe show after stripe makes you feel really good about your game right (laughs) When Just you're like, oh, man, I'm feeling good today. I mean, you talk about a good range session you might have. You may s- still spray a couple of balls, but watching these guys, every ball is at a flag that is intended to be aimed at. And um, it's fun to watch the different swing styles. You know, oh, yeah. 
you were you were watching Kenny Perry and we were talking about kind of the hitch in his swing and then you look over and it's just a completely different swing and you realize that these are both professional golfers that have had success for three plus decades on the tour and they're still playing. I mean, it's a great part about golf. It really is. Um, and you mentioned that, you know, you feel you think you feel good about your game. Uh, so John Smoltz, very good player. Yeah. Very good player. I, I looked it up. His handicap is a plus 2.7. That's Solid. really good. And he's, this, you know, he's had the sponsor's um, you know, exemption into this event in the past. Uh, he shot an 80 yesterday. That's tough. Plus 2.7. So that just tells you from what your, you know, really good player and then just the gap that, it, that exists yeah. between guys that have been doing it for such a long time. And we've seen a lot of professional athletes in different sports try to play golf. I, I don't think Steph Curry gets enough credit for making the cut at a web.com. The fact that he, well, he missed the cut, but he shot under par in the first round. So the fact that he shot under par in one of these events, I think he shot a 71 and then he... Oh, did he go like 71 and then... Like yeah, 79 I just remember that one round he had, that was yeah, incredible. he had the one... Yes, and he should get more credit for that because... Tony I mean, he's, Romo. He's, he's taking a lot of time, yeah. Steph Curry is, you know, to play basketball. So the fact that he went and shot a one under tells you how good he is, but then the consistency isn't always there because he, he went and shot 79, 80 and, yeah. and, and missed the cut in the uh, Corn Ferry Tour event that, that he played in out in California a few years ago. Yeah, Tony Romo's played in a couple of these events. He's an incredibly talented golfer, yeah. and he struggles at times in these events. It just tells you just the, the, the gap that exists between touring pros and just that really good player that he, yeah, even that, a guy that's at your club. You know, I think one of the great stories about this week here at the AmFam Championship is just the number of headliners. Not only you know Hall of Fame golfers. Uh, they I'd have six of those. Yeah, I six. mean Ernie and VJ, Bernard Langer. You know, Colin Montgomery, VJ yeah. Singh, Fred Couples. Stricker will eventually be one. Andy North will event. You know, and you've got Mario Tiziani, who former pro, who is Steve Stricker's agent, who came out and played. He was plus four. We haven't seen him tee off yet, but there were some rumors maybe that Bobby Stricker was going to be on his bag potentially. Really? She was she was working with Nikki uh, after after the round yesterday, you know, going over scorecards, and that was some, there were some rumblings that you know maybe Bobby, who we were hoping to have on this show, was a little busy <laughs> there. I think we understand why. We'll we'll see. That could be a good story. Yeah, sixteen players with the PGA Tour Major Championship victory. Uh, 24 players with a PGA Tour Champions major victory in the field. It's a tremendous field, up and down. And what's really cool right now, if you were somebody that went to the GMO, you know, back in the day, and there are a lot of the guys that would go to the GMO, yeah. the Kenny Perry, Corey Pavin, who shot an unbelievable 26 on the front nine at Brown Deer, which is a PGA Tour record for 26? score. Yeah, shot a 26. Shot a 26. That is silly. Yeah. Uh, I believe he went 26-35 for a course record 61. Um, but it's un like... I'm like 26 after four I see days. I see that 26 scorecard they have uh, on display at Brown Deer, and every time I walk past it, I go, how? Uh, but Corey Pavin is in this field. He's yep. one of those former major champion victory... Uh, major champions that is in the field. And a lot of those guys that used to play in the GMO, if you were somebody that went to that, now you can check them out you know, number of years later as they're out here on the Champions Tour. And I'm looking at the the leaderboard right now, and there's a very familiar name sitting in, you know, near the top of that leaderboard in Jerry Kelly. He won this the last time this tournament was played here in Madison in, in 2019. It didn't happen last year due to COVID-19. Jerry Kelly is one of the most likable golfers you'll ever meet. 
And one of the great stories of this weekend is that his mom is out here walking the course, watching him play, his biggest fan. If you remember when he won in 2019, the big hug that he gave her on the 18th green after he won that. Um, you know, Jerry Jerry is at five under right now, two strokes off the lead. He tees off in about an hour at 11.05. And it'd be fun to see him compete again. Stricker's a couple shots back. The, the top of the, the leaderboard, Jim Furyk is at four under. Fred Couples at four under, Retief Goosen. I mean, that's that's some Hall of Famers, big names in the mix, which is what you got to root for when you have a tournament like this. And the people continuing to start to file in with some of these bigger names getting ready to tee off closer to 11 o'clock. And the reason why, I'm guessing one of the reasons why, and we're going to be talking about this uh, later in the program as well, that AmFam continues to support this event is because the community supports the event. And yeah. that's what I love to see is these, the number of people that are going to be out here. I know they're expecting a good you know, amount of people this weekend, uh, today, for the final round tomorrow. It's good to see it be supported by the community because... This is the one professional golf event we now have in the state of Wisconsin. Yeah. We have the Ryder Cup, which we're unbelievably excited for in September. After that, I don't know when the PGA Tour is coming back. Yep. The Symmetra Tour used to have an event in Milwaukee at Brown Deer Park Golf Course. That's not being played this year. I don't know if that's coming back. The LPGA played an event up in Green Bay at Thornberry Creek for three years. That has lost its funding. That has left the LPGA calendar. I don't know when they're coming back other than the Women's U.S. Open in 25. We, there's not a consistent stop for any tour other than this one. And I'm glad that people can come out and support it the way that they have. And, and that's a big reason why that seven-year contract extension exists for the American Family Insurance Championship. And we spoke about this on Monday um, in our last show. It's such a credit to Steve Stricker who has been able to get these big names out here. And this is about so much more than a golf tournament. They've raised over $10 million for, for charities, one of them being the, the local children's hospital here in Madison. Um, but the respect that Steve Stricker has on every tour that he plays on, you know, just shows in the big names that come out here. You know, these are mostly guys that, that aren't in it for the money anymore. The paychecks are certainly nice if you are competing and competing well on the Champions Tour, but these are guys that just love the game and... You know, we don't have many rivalries on this tour. We'll get to some future rivalries going on currently in the PGA Tour. But it, it's, it's just a, a good positive energy amongst this group. And the fact that Steve Stricker is able to get six World Golf Hall of Famers to come out to this tournament, to get John Smoltz, and to get his buddy Andy North to play this year, it says a lot about what Steve has done as a host. Uh, by the way, the winner check is three hundred sixty thousand dollars. So I know I am <laughs> not, not a bad, not a bad paycheck. Not a, not a bad, not a bad day. I'm not for, saying they're not uh, competing for the, for the money, <laughs> but it's certainly there. Uh, so you mentioned rivalries, and there's one golf rivalry that kind of hangs over everything. In fact, a number of people discussing it this week because Steve Stricker may have to deal with it as the captain of the U.S. team come September. At Whistling Straits, even Ernie Els, a former captain in the President's Cup who has nothing to do with this, he weighed in on Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, their ongoing rivalry, everybody talking about it, so we're going to talk about it. Coming up next, a special edition of On the Tee on ESPN Wisconsin. Back to the course and On the Tee with Gabe and Steven after this on 94.5 ESPN. ESPN. You're listening to On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Downtown. 
special edition of On the Tee. Again, you can usually catch On the Tee Monday nights from 6 to 7 on 94.5 ESPN. But with the AmFam Championship happening in Madison, they've decided to let us out of the studio on the road. Special edition of the show right here from the American Family Insurance Championship. Leaders teeing off just a little under an hour from now if you want to come out or catch it on the Golf Channel coming up from 2 until 4 later this afternoon. He's Stephen Watson. I'm Gabe Neitzel. And... No matter where you go, I mean, this is a Champions Tour event, but because Steve Stricker is the host of this event, and Steve Stricker is the captain of the Ryder Cup, it seems that wherever you go at this point, you cannot avoid hearing about Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka and the rivalry that they have ongoing, because both of them continue to talk about it. More on that in just a little bit, because... Ernie Els even weighed in this week. Ernie, who has been a captain in the President's Cup, very similar uh, competition, but obviously not the Ryder Cup coming up. And here's what Ernie Els had to say about the rivalry between Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka. Kind of a little awkward here and there, um, especially what happened last weekend when, you know, people were enticed to kind of really get onto Bryson a little bit. I'm not quite sure what the history is of the two Um, you know uh, we're living in a day and age now where you know social media is is a big thing and you know I I don't know if if that's part of the the tussle is to who's going to get the most uh, out of the social media thing you know that that could be a very clever marketing ploy by the two of them but uh, you know if it's for real you know it um, it needs to be sorted out Um, and, you know, especially with the Ryder Cup coming up, you know, they could be really good uh, together playing partners, but they got to like each other a little bit more. So <laughs> I'm not sure what the history is there, but, you know, obviously it's, it's been blown up a little bit and obviously what's happened last week. So um, I'm just kind of watching it from the outside like all of you guys. You know, I'm not on that tour that much anymore, so I don't really spend much time with those players. But... Um, there's always been a beef, you know, always been, uh, you know, we, not everybody gets along. You know, it's tough to have everybody get along. But it's kind of, uh, it's kind of new to me to see, see that unfold the way it is. You know, it's kind of, uh, you know, I don't want to say it's, it's kind of fun to watch, but it's, <laughs> it's interesting to watch. He's having fun watching it, right? Like I'm if having you say, fun watching it. <laughs> if you are saying that was Ernie Els talking about Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka, and if you're saying, well, I don't want to say it's fun to watch. Of course it's you, fun. You want to say that it's actually fun to watch. So it seemed that Ernie Els, who is just an unbiased observer, because that's what now keeps coming up, is that these two have to somehow coexist together on a Ryder Cup team because they're both likely going to be on it. Well, we'll get to what Steve Stricker said about this on the record the other day in a second. But I want to ask you, Gabe, is this good for golf? Because Brooks Kepka was asked this question this week before the event leading up to the U.S. Open, and he said, this is good for golf. Yeah, no, I personally think it is not good for golf. It is fantastic for golf. No, it's great. Yeah, it's great for golf because you have these rivalries. That's, that's one thing that is missing on the PJ Tour, and sometimes, you know, you, you kind of dream up rivalries in your head. Like Phil and Tiger, in their heydays, they were rivals, and they didn't like each other that much. Now, not to the point that Bryson and Brooks have gone, yeah, they weren't. but I think there was some yeah. tension between the two. Uh, they're now much closer, and they've, they've talked a little bit more, and, and they've been better about that um, in terms of Phil and Tiger. 
But, you know, you'd always dream, oh, man, would they? But it was really more like those were the two best players in the game. So that's where that rivalry was born out of. Um, when it comes to this rivalry, it gives you something that other sports have. If you're a Packers fan, the Packers have rivals. Yeah. The Bears, the Vikings. If you're a fan of the Brewers, they have rivals. So if you're a fan of either one of these, to have that rival, I think it just adds another layer of of something to the competition, of something to golf. But this is what golf has that those other sports don't have, Gabe, is that come September, Brooks and Bryson will be teammates, right? They're, this is not a situation where it's Aaron Rodgers can say whatever he wants about hating the Bears because all he wants to do is go beat the Bears. He would be teammates maybe on a Pro Bowl roster with some of those guys, but they are teammates competing in a competition that is the biggest the sport has to offer, one that the U.S. has not fared well in over the last nine Ryder Cups. I believe they lost seven of the last nine. Does that sound right? That sounds about right. So is there a concern for what that relationship could look like come September? No, unless you're going to, and I don't know if, what Stricker's going to do, if Stricker's going to do the pod system that past captains have where you have three players in a pod and it's a mixture of those three playing in those two-man teams. Unless you put them in the same pod, it's not going to be an issue because they're not going to be teammates playing with each other on the golf course. I think you can keep that separate enough, just like Phil and Tiger. And Hal Sutton famously, stupidly, put Tiger and Phil together in the same pairing, and that did not work out in a Ryder Cup, you know, back in the, you know, 20 years ago or whatever that was, 17 years ago. And as long as Strick doesn't do that, and I don't think he's going to, like, I, I don't see it being an issue for the Ryder Cup. Because how many guys like Patrick Reed? Correct. And they've still had some success with Patrick Reed on the team. And I'm posing these questions thinking that they will be able to make it work because they have to make it work. And at the end of the day, I think as big as the egos are for both Brooks and Bryson, they realize that they are playing for something way bigger than both of themselves. Will they be paired together? Maybe this weekend. They'll just, you know, the, U the U.S. Open Committee will just find a way to say, hey, let's just get this over and done with. We're the U.S. Open. We are all about the best course and the hardest course in the U.S. We want to bring these two either together or have this combust and make the decision a little bit easier for Captain Stricker come September. So what's really fun about that, you brought it up. And speaking of Steve Stricker, uh, he was talking with Gary D'Amato for a piece over at yeah. Wisconsin.golf. If you don't visit Wisconsin.golf and you're a Wisconsin golf fan, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, because doing Gary and the team do a fantastic job over there. And here's what Stricker told Gary. You know, it's a little entertaining right now. I heard a rumor that they're going to be paired together at the U.S. Open. That's what I heard. I don't know if it's true or not, but that would be interesting. So like they're thinking about this. And Steve Stricker has a lot more knowledge than just that little quote may lead on. And, oh, I, yeah. and I also think that Captain Stricker has a lot more influence in who might be paired together this upcoming weekend at the U.S. Open. He might have a bug in their ear saying, I don't want to deal with this drama of them being paired together for the first time in the biggest international golf competition in the world. Well, you can't pair them together. Like, Strick cannot pair them together. Well, I know, but he just, doesn't, he just wants all the drama to be done before they get to Kohler, right? So he's maybe saying to the, the tournament sure. director, the competitions committee, saying, let's put, put them together, let them have their little beef. It'll be great for publicity. It'll be great for the U.S. Open. And let's just get this over with and hopefully it all calms down by the time the match happens <laughs> and then by the time Well, I mean, the this isn't going to calm happens. down by the match. The match is less than a month away. Like, do you, I, Maybe I don't the match will be the peak. I don't see this dissipating time 
September rolls around. Because, I mean, it's, it's really bubbled to the surface over the last handful of weeks. But this is something that's been going on since last year. Yeah. When Brooks Kepka, after Bryson DeChambeau tried to get relief from fire ants that were non-existent, in the very next tournament, Brooks goes to his caddy, hey, I think there's an ant. And his caddy actually started looking. He goes, hey, I'm just kidding. Like, he has been trolling Bryson for well over a year at this yeah, point. And I, I don't, don't see him slowing down. And we heard Ernie Els kind of mention that maybe this is as good at marketing by both. Which I think it is. I mean, even Brooks literally using Michelob Ultra to market Michelob Ultra and also rip apart Bryson is a smart marketing ploy. But it does. There is history there that it doesn't seem like it's fake and just blown up to try and make their brands bigger. They genuinely don't like each other. Like, to the point where, you know, Bryson DeChambeau is, oh, I think the tour is going to have to handle this. Yeah. Like, what do you want the tour to do, man? Like, this, I hope the PGA Tour leaves it alone. I hope that the PGA Tour just lets this rivalry go. I understand they want to protect their players, but at the same time, get some more people interested. Yeah, of course. It's not a bad thing. No. I want to read more from the article that Gary did in his interview with Steve Stricker, because Steve spoke about it, the Ryder Cup, a little bit in his media press conference earlier this week, but he was not asked specifically about Brooks and Bryson until Gary talked to him. And he was asked about the rivalry he said yeah it's not making my job any easier you know i haven't talked to either one of them i will have to at some point we'll see where it goes from there hopefully they can put their differences aside for the week be big boys and come together as a team Whew. you think stricker i'm so now i'm just trying to think because i think ernie i mean ernie in that clip that we heard in the beginning of the segment said that he thought they could be interesting if they were paired together in a team competition. Well, remember, Ernie doesn't have any skin in the game, so he just wants all the drama. I'm just trying to think if they would be, like, without the drama, if... I don't know if they necessarily match. Like, Bryson's one of those guys, yeah, and I think we're going to see it more in the match when those personalities are being shown. Like, I don't know who you pair with Bryson at these events, because he's just... He's so out there. There's only one person that Bryson can be paired with, and it's the exact same person as Bryson, Patrick Reed. Oh, man. <laughs> like two alpha introverts. <laughs> that's, that's such an... That feels like the biggest oxymoron you can say, an alpha introvert. Yeah. Who is just so into themselves. Yeah, I mean, you could do that. I can't imagine Nobody, Patrick Reed would be happy about that. I can't I, imagine... I mean, there was drama in the U.S., in the last Ryder Cup that nobody liked playing with Patrick Reed. Nobody likes Patrick Reed. Which is why I would not have Patrick Reed on the team if I'm Strick. If Reed qualifies on points, there's nothing you can do, but only the top six. Strick has six captain's picks. But is there anybody that will golf with Bryson? Maybe a guy like ultimate good guy Tony Finau or something like will Phil take would. one for I the think, team? I mean, Phil would. Do you like think Phil will pay with anyone. Coming off the match? <laughs> Are you kidding me? There's No! Phil like and Bryson Phil, are gonna. If, Phil if, is going to ride Bryson in the match, which, when the TV is and the cameras are on. We've already spoken about this at length. Yeah, everybody's going to pick on Bryson at the match. I don't know how Phil could be paired that's with Bryson. That's true. If, Phil, if Phil's going to pick fact. on him that much, yeah, I don't. I don't know how that's going to happen either. It's it's something interesting. It's fun to talk about when it comes to golf, and hopefully the PGA Tour leaves it alone. And hopefully, the U.S. Open next week does pair them together. We won't find out that out until Tuesday or Wednesday. But we're at the American Family Insurance Championship. We're going to be talking with the tournament director, Nate Pokras. He's going to be joining us next on the T, special edition on ESPN Wisconsin. 
No ifs, ands, or puts. There's more On the Tee with Gabe and Stephen coming up on 94.5 ESPN by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. That's right, it is a special edition of On the Tee. Catch us usually on 94.5 ESPN, 6 to 7 on Mondays, but with the American Family Insurance Championship happening in Madison. Stephen Watson and myself, Gabe Knight. So we are on the road and on until noon today, and we are pleased to be joined by the tournament director, Nate Pokras. Nate, thank you so much for the time. And before we get to your specific tournament, as a tournament director, let's say you're now directing a PGA Tour tournament, and you have... Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka in the field. Do you pair them together? You know, uh, locker room dynamics are, are, are always interesting. Uh, I was uh, talking uh, talking earlier about uh, how we had an event earlier this week, and we had uh, John Smoltz uh, speaking at it. And I asked the question about locker room dynamics and how it played a role in the Atlanta Braves' success and, and World Series' success. And, you know, defining rules and, and having parameters, have everybody buy in. And, and I know Steve's going to do the same thing uh, with the Ryder Cup. He'll uh, he'll define the parameters. And and uh, but uh, you know, it, golf's an individual sport. So it, but yet at the, in that week, everybody comes together as a team. And and, and Steve will work, to make it work. And uh, the, the guys will come together. And I'm sure Team USA will come out ahead. I want to just ask you: Do you think that this rivalry that we've seen is good for the game? It's, it's an interesting dynamic, that's for sure. Social media is a buzz. It brings attention to the game. Does it bring the attention to the game in, in all the best way? I guess it's it's in the eye of the beholder on that one. So, uh, But certainly uh, golf is on the front page of, of uh, ESPN and everybody's social media uh, feeds. So uh, I'm, there's there's definitely some value to that, and I guess we're going to see how it all plays out. Nate Pokras, tournament director here at the American Family Insurance Championship, joining us on the tee, ESPN Wisconsin. Um, so what what are your duties now day to day now that the tournament's underway? I feel like a lot of the work for the tournament director, and I could be wrong about this, is done in the lead up to the tournament. Yeah, some people think I just sit on the car, put my feet up, and, and watch golf for uh, for eight to ten hours. Enjoy uh, this beautiful weather in Madison. Yeah, right? I wish that were the case. It certainly would be an enjoyable day. The I tournament think. supervisor. Yeah, let's sit exactly. back. Yeah, you go do this. Go do that. Exactly. We have an awesome team in place, and and they're all running running around and working hard. Whether it's uh, operational, logistical elements, it's uh, fan elements. Uh, and making sure they get in and out and parking, things of that nature, or uh, uh, hospitality elements. And, and I'm just kind of here to help uh, put out fires. That's what I'm here to do, help the team uh, fill in when I can. But everything's gone really well this week. So whether it's spending time with sponsors, uh, interacting with our volunteers, uh, wor- uh, working with our players and caddies and their families and working through those logistics, uh, there's there's really, I will say, the line item that says other duties as assigned in, in the job description certainly comes to play as well. I fill in when I can. And try to catch a hole or two of golf when, when the opportunity presents itself. And uh, so, yeah, I kind of become the jack of all trades. But I'll tell you, we have an outstanding team in place, uh, you know, nearly a 1,000 volunteers that are doing some great work for us. And, and uh, they're all working hard and couldn't thank them more for all their efforts. Every single year, the field at this tournament gets better. The names get bigger. I know that we don't have the celebrity, you know, foursome that we've had in years past. But what is the process like recruiting 
these top-level talent guys to come to Madison and play in this event. I imagine it says a lot about Steve and his relationship with the players. Yeah, well. we have an outstanding field this year, the 81 PGA Tour champions. You know, uh, when you look at some of the new individuals from Ernie Els and Jim Furyk coming to town, uh, some of the you know the best of the best in their career and who are now coming here. And, and of course, all our defending champions are back. And uh, it is a, one, it's a testament to Steve and their respect for Steve. And that's uh, that's kind of one element. Two is uh, we certainly have, have worked hard to put this tournament at the top of the PGA Tour champions. It's been a testament to the fans, the sponsors, the volunteers. The players see all that, and they saw that in year one and just progressively gotten better and better. The golf course every year has gotten better and better and better, and the players notice that. Uh, and in this year, too, we, uh, we converted our tournament to an invitational status that has us the ability to allow to control the field a little bit more through sponsor exemptions and increase the, the, the minimum benchmarks to get in. And we increased our player purse uh, as well to be the highest non-major uh, tournament on the PGA Tour champions. Put all that put all that together, the formula works, and in, your, in the end you're seeing uh, an outstanding field this year that's it's been really fun to watch. Nate Pokrash, Tournament Director of the American Family Insurance Championship, joining us on the TESPN Wisconsin. Uh, Andy North in the field. Obviously, he's been a part of the Celebrity Foursome in, in years past. Is the Celebrity Foursome, is the hope to have it return next year? Definitely. Celebrity Foursome will definitely be back in 2022, uh, no doubt about it. And when we were planning for this year, um, you know, there were a lot of COVID parameters in place at the time of planning. And so we knew in that moment if, if we needed to have everybody physically distanced. When you look at the 10th tee on the Celebrity Group Saturday, yeah. you got, uh, you know, 20,000 people all standing around <laughs> shoulder to shoulder. If, if those parameters are in place, we just couldn't go there. So, and the Celebrity Group doesn't happen overnight. It's, you know, we, we start that process almost now for next year. So, uh, Andy will be back continuing to host that. We'll have a great group there. And, and when we couldn't do the Celeb Group this year, but that's when we said, Andy, what do you think about playing again and we it was a, a lot of conversation back and forth but when you look at six decades of professional golf um couldn't be more honored and 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 privileged to be able to see andy compete this year uh, you know i know he wants to shoot a great score he's clearly said himself he wants to shoot well it, to us that doesn't matter him being out here means a lot to us means a lot to the fans and i think a lot of people are excited to say hey you know they'll look back and be able to say i saw andy north compete there's uh, that's that's pretty cool well and now i mean it's a, it's a celebrity pairing today he's going off with John Smoltz. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, what a great group. Yeah, I think it's, what, 11 or 11-10, something of that nature. Be able to go follow him, start on number 10 and go follow those two. John's an outstanding golfer. and uh, Exactly. You kind of get a little taste of that, but a uh, great group to follow. They were fun to follow yesterday as well with Larry Mize and Jay Haas, and I know they were enjoying themselves together. So uh, I, I, Andy's going to play well today. He'll play well tomorrow, and uh, and, and uh, it'll be a really good week for him. One of the other great stories of the day, there's going to be three strickers out on the golf course today. You're going to yeah. have Steve playing, Nikki Cat for Steve and now Bobby we just found out is going to caddy for her uncle Mario yeah it was a it was a little bit of a wild day yesterday yeah. as uh, you know I got a call on the PJ Tour radio saying uh, uh, we need we have a caddy situation on hole 11 uh, Nate we need some assistance and uh, got out there and, and Mario Tiziani's caddy was having heat exhaustion certainly it was a rough day for everybody and uh, he, he needed to go to the bullpen so uh, timing just worked right as, as my cart was passing uh, Nikki Stricker was just getting done and Steve was done with the, his media obligation and uh, she jumped right on the cart. I'll tell you, kudos to Nikki. She 
she was a trooper yesterday and got right back out there and carried Mario's bag to the end. And uh, and then this morning, Bobby Stricker going back on, uh, going on the bag for Mario. And she knows this course really yeah, well. Yeah, right. Being a, being a <laughs> UW grad and a women's golfer, and she had an outstanding career here at UW. So she knows the golf course. Uh, she's excited. Mario's excited. The family's thrilled. And uh, this is a, a, you know, American Family Insurance. Family's the middle name. And, yeah. and Steve's certainly representing that today. Nate Pocras, the tournament director here at the American Family Insurance Championship on the TESPN Wisconsin. Tournament's going to be here now for seven more years. How much of that is because of how well the Madison and, and greater Wisconsin community have supported this event and shown up? 100%. It's, it's, uh, it's the, the formula, as I touched on, has worked, and we've had outstanding fan support. We've seen that every year. Volunteer support's been through the roof. Uh, sponsor support's been outstanding. Uh, all the media support, you know, from, from everybody at ESPN and, and the whole team covering this, it's, that's what's made it. The formula works. It's the Madison's the right community for the PGA Tour champions. American Family uh, is, is extremely pleased with all the outcomes uh, there's so many different objectives to this tournament and all of them are being achieved well and beyond and that's what uh, ultimately results in a seven-year extension so we're excited to be here we're excited to be at University of Ridge we're excited to stay in Madison uh, we're excited to Steve to continue to host it gets him to age 60 yeah. and uh, we're, we're gonna be here a while and everybody and the fans will continue to support it Nay, we started this show this year because of our passion for the game and the fact that Wisconsin is one of the best golf states in the entire country. How much pride do you take in the fact that you guys are going to have something, the only consistent tournament here for the next seven years? Oh, very much so. And, and it's... State of Wisconsin loves their golf. I'm born and raised here in the state of Wisconsin, and and uh, you know, one we have a short short golf season, so all of us love to play. Uh, we have phenomenal golf courses throughout the state, and and we've had major outstanding majors, and and you know what the Kohler family has done and bringing all those majors in, uh, it's awesome for the game of golf, and for us to be able to to now be that annual PGA Tour champion stop and continue to bring the PGA Tour here on an annual basis, uh, we're we're honored, we're privileged to play a role in the game of golf, and. Uh, I love it. Can't wait for the Ryder Cup and, and future tournaments here. But uh, we're, we're pleased to be here, pleased to be a staple, and, and we're going we're gonna to keep doing great things. And, and the byproduct of this is, is the philanthropic side. And we support so many great uh, charities throughout the state, but golf as well, you know, from the first tee of South Central, Southeastern Wisconsin, WSGA Foundation, Wisconsin PGA Foundation, uh, Evan Scholars. So, uh, you know, this also impacts the game of golf for so many kids and, and youth, and, and we're proud to play a role in that. Nate, thank you so much. Uh, congratulations on a good first day of the tournament. Hopefully we have this beautiful weather for the next two days as it's well. It's a gorgeous day out there. Encourage everybody to come out. If you can't make it out here, please watch on the Golf Channel and uh, appreciate everybody's time. Thank real, you. Real quick for you, your favorite hole out here and why? Ooh, uh, you know, 17 is a ton of fun. Yeah. I'll tell you that part three is great, and I'll tell you the fans have made it fun. I sat, I drove down, I fi as you talk about where do I go, I finally got to drive down there yesterday, and I, I rarely get to pull that off, and sat there for about 20 minutes. I was fired up to be there. I can't wait to bring back the, the beer garden next year and all the other elements to hole 17, and uh, it's a great spot to watch some golf. Nate Pokras, tournament director, thank you so much for the time. Thank you very much. Again, that's uh, Nate Pokrest, the tournament director here at the American Family Insurance Championship. Stephen, you just asked about University Ridge, your favorite hole. We'll discuss that as we feature University Ridge Golf Course next on the tee on ESPN Wisconsin. Forget about changing that dial. More on the tee with Gabe and Stephen next on 94.5 ESPN. The end. 
four, it's On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Special edition on the tee with Stephen Watson. I'm Gabe Nigel. The American Family Insurance Championship University Ridge Golf Course in Madison. And you can typically hear us from 6 to 7 on Mondays in Milwaukee, 94.5 ESPN. So welcoming in that Madison audience that maybe doesn't have a chance to hear us. If you want to hear us, we're on every Monday from 6 to 7 on 94.5 ESPN. And, of course, you can always podcast the show wherever you get your podcasts with Wisconsin On Demand. Now, one of the segments we typically do is feature a golf course each and every week uh, because Wisconsin has plenty of golf courses to offer. And we're excited to talk about University Ridge Golf Course. That's where we're at today, host of the American Family Insurance Championship. What The, the first thing that I really like about this course, Stephen, is how the front and back look, feel, and play completely different from one another. I think this is a really unique setup. There are some really, really hard holes on this golf course. I think uh, number four, which we just found out played the toughest of any hole on the course in the opening round of the AmFam yesterday, always plays the toughest for myself. There's a lot of water on the right chance to get wet yeah, there's like water kind of a marshy area but then drive. but then up the left a bunch of trees yeah you know so you, you're going to be in a tough spot if you go left right you can't find it slight dog like and it's up the hill so the fact that it's a, a long par four if you're playing from the tips it's 467 from from the one up tees the blue tees here would be a 400 yard par four so it's a longer par four and then even longer by the fact you're going up the hill yeah and you have so you have four, and then you have some holes on the back where you're back in that wooded area that are almost drivable par fours. I mean, I'm actually surprised to have seen in, the, in years past, the average winning score on this golf course in the AmFam has been about 14 under. I think uh, Jerry Kelly won it at 15 under in 2019. Um, you know, and then or at 2019 and 2018, Scott McCarron won at 15, Fred Couples won at 15, and Kirk Triplett won at 17 in, in 2016. Right now, Miguel Angel Jimenez was, went seven under in the opening round. We could see a, a potential record-breaking. Well, it's tough to follow up a 65 with another 65. Yeah, of course. You know, and, and there are some people making a move right now. Billy Andrade, uh, four under through seven holes today. He shot a 72 even par yesterday so he's trying to shoot his way back in it by the way steve stricker made an opening par on hole number one so he is still at two under par but it's just it's in the par threes out here they can play really tough and that's what i was gonna i was getting at it is four is a really tough par four all of the par threes number three is a long par three and these guys are probably playing it from what, what does it say on the scorecard? So on, Closer I, to 200? Yeah, so th- my guess is they're playing it up. So the, the tips here are, if you want to play it all the way back, you just come out here and pay. It's it's 72.86, but they're playing this course at 7,056 yards. So my guess is that they're playing it not from all the way back, but 200 yards. Yeah. It's still a sizable par three. Yeah, and then I think about the back nine, 17, which seems to be kind of that sexy hole that a lot of course designers like to put a hard, tough, you know, par three there. We see it 17 at Whistling Straits. Very similar water opportunity on the left in Kohler. Here you got to carry that pond, and they're 
What, what does the scorecard have for 17? Uh, 17 can play all the way back to 250, but again, 192, so probably right around 200 yards yeah, again. All carry over the water. Yeah. I mean, it, it's that's a, a a hole that Nate Pokras said was his favorite on the course, and it's probably won and lost some guys some tournaments out here on this particular event, but for the Badgers, I would imagine as well. No, absolutely. Um, what's your favorite hole out here? You have played it. I played it for, you know, I played it probably once, twice a year when I lived in Madison. I haven't played it since we played together randomly in the yeah. in the uh, media day event out here a couple of years ago with Mike Burson, the former uh, head men's golf coach here at the University of Wisconsin who just resigned uh, after this past season. So it's been a while since I've been out here. It's a great golf course. What's your favorite hole to play? 17 is, is probably the best hole on the eyes. My favorite hole based on the design is number two. It is a snaking par five that you have two separate carries. You know, your, your carry on the, off the tee, and then it sneaks around to the right, back to the left, and you can miss on the left. You can't miss to the right because you're in the woods. And then you have one final carry, depending on what time of season you're playing this course at. If, if the tree that protects the green is in full bloom, you have to carry the tree as well. Um, I, it, it's a shorter par five, so it dares you to go after it in two. Um, and when we were driving in, you can see the green today, and they tuck the pin in the back right, which is really daring Oof. guys to try and go pin-seeking because if you go beyond that green, you're OB. I, I just think it's a really cool designed hole. I, I love number two out here. Yeah, I'm you? a big fan. Um, I'm actually a big fan of, of number nine. And, and what's unique about the front side is it plays as a par 36, but there are three par threes, three par fours, and three par fives to yeah. get to that 36 instead of a typical, you know, I, I guess the traditional layout is, you know, two par fives, two par threes to get you to that par 36 number. But to have three threes, three fives, and, and all those threes are tough. And I think that on the front side, most of those fives seem a little bit more gettable. Now the par 5 16th, we learned from Nate Pokras that that's the easiest hole on the golf course for the Champions Tour. A lot of guys going after that one in two. Really good eagle opportunity. A lot of birdies being made on that hole. But I really like nine. Nine's just a kind of a cool tee shot almost through the shoot. It, yep. it opens up a little bit more once you get there. Elevated green. An opportunity to score if you hit a really good drive. And being somebody who, who can hit the ball a long ways... I like par fives because I look at them as very much scoring opportunities. I look at them as three-shot holes <laughs> to each their own. But it's, it's just such a unique golf course, and I don't know if it gets its love. Um, you know, it's, it's not in the same vein as, as some of these other major championship venues that we talked about, you know, with Nate, with Kohler and Aaron Hills. But it's a really good gem that's it's tucked away and... I need to make sure I think I come here a little bit more often and play it because it is a fun, playable course, but you get that different feel. It's more open on the front. It's wooded in the back. You get that different feel, and I think that's what's so unique about it. That's what's so cool about it. Yeah, it's almost like a link style for a couple of holes, and then you're deep in the woods in some other holes. Um, I'm, thinking, I, I, I'm thinking about the 16 being the easiest hole, but it's also... Another par five that's like so great on the eyes. Yeah, it, 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 you have to carry a ton of trees if you want to be aggressive. You have that. I go off to the left. <laughs> um, it's it's a. I, I think the design is is really awesome. And the one 
maybe knock I had on it when I was in college, you know, a decade ago, was that it, it wasn't as well kept. Like, it was, they let it grow a little too much, so the greens were always a little slower. But looking at the course for a championship, and what I would imagine what it's like when the Badgers host tournaments and matches here, when they get the grass down and they get those greens rolling, I mean, this is one of the better public courses you can probably oh, play without in this state, and for a good rate as well. I mean, I know as a student, I, I milked the $35 walking uh, twilight fee quite often in the two summers that I spent here in Madison, but even, I, I believe it's a, around 100 or less than $100, you know, for, for a greens fee to, to come out here on a weekend. Um, they may have upped it since I was a student here, but it, this is, it, it's an awesome design course. It's a beautiful layout, and I highly recommend it if you're in the Madison area um, or even if you're in Milwaukee. We, we got here this morning in, in an hour and a half without traffic. It's not a bad drive at all. Yeah, right now, on the weekend, riding, it's $95. That is an you incredible can, rate for this golf course. Yeah, but you can walk it for 75 and that's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If you come out during the week, and can get um, you know, a, a cheaper rate than that. But 95 bucks that's, that's a good rate for a course of, again, the one course in the state that now consistently hosts professional golf. Yeah. And where the Badgers play, where some you know the better college programs in the country come and play tournaments here, yeah, th this is one of those gems that we talk about weekly, Gabe. We are going to be looking forward to talking to Jim Buheim, who is the Community and Social Impact Officer uh, with the AmFam Championship being extended. We're going to talk AmFam Championship and a lot of the terrible aspects of this tournament that's going on right now. Again, the American Family Insurance Championship, the leader's just about to tee off. If you're not able to make it out here, you can catch it on the Golf Channel later today from 2 until 4 o'clock. Hour 2 of On the Tee is coming up next, ESPN Wisconsin. Back to the course and On the Tee with Gabe and Steven after this on 94.5 ESPN. <laughs> 